This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. the drive. I'm Dale Lowen here with Matt Williamson. It's a uh, Wednesday. The Steelers had their first practice uh, today as they prepare to play the Browns yeah. on Sunday. The Browns cannot practice today yeah. because their facility is closed, although they didn't have any new tests today. Uh, of course, Kevin Stefanski, their head coach, not coaching. We talked a lot about that yesterday. Uh, of course, our ongoing coverage here on uh, Steelers Nation Radio of the Steelers playoff run is brought to you by Ford and FedEx. And, uh, Matt, the, the Steelers' injury report today, um, somewhat promising. Or I, guess you could say, yeah. I guess you could say it's promising. Uh, Chris, Chris Boswell was limited okay. uh, with that groin injury. Your place kicker, whether he... Yeah, that's a hard one to judge. Yeah. What's limited, what's, you yeah. know, what percentage, you know, all those right. things. Um, yeah. Terrell Edmonds was back as a full participant. Uh, Steven Nelson uh, with a knee was limited. Tyson Alualu with an ankle did not practice. Vince Williams with a quad did not practice. But all those guys are expected to play. Yeah, right. I, mean, I don't think they had, nothing really came out of the Week 17 game um, detrimental to yeah. the health, right? The typical, as Mike Tomlin likes to say, bumps and bruises associated yeah. with play. <laughs> <laughs> and, they're, and those are a lot worse than probably the most, you know, a lot of our listeners even realized. I mean, some of these guys... They look pretty beat up. Yeah, but by Friday, by Friday, they're back out right. there. You know, I, I did. Make a list. We had an opportunity to talk to David DeCastro to, uh, this afternoon, and I, I, asked, I said, "Dave, are you, uh, you know, you were dealing with some stuff earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Are you, are you over all that stuff? Are you feeling good about right now?" I said, "Or would you have appreciated the week off? You know, last week." Yeah, right. He said, "Yeah, you know, I, we're all dealing with something here, but uh, you know, if you uh, can't get guy. if yeah. you can't get fired up to play in the playoffs, I don't know what you're doing here." Sure. So, I always find that interesting, too, because I've been on the other side and I've been in organizations, and some of the dudes, you you see them on Monday or Tuesday and think, there's no way he's going to play. Oh, you know, Jerome like Bettis was, was just... Yeah, you, you said that a lot, I mean, yeah. Um, you'd, you'd see him after a game and he struggled to put his shirt on. Really? You know, just you look at it, he'd be sitting on his chair and he always wore a button-down shirt to the game, mm-hmm. um, and you know struggling to raise his arm up to get his his arm it's in the sleeve thing. and you're looking at his back and it's got welts all over like, <laughs> right all these helmet marks like, like somebody right. beat him with a baseball bat you yeah know? And, wow and he would talk about it he said I, you know he didn't feel human again until tuesday or wednesday tuesday, wednesday yeah. yeah that's it's crazy uh, and speaking of the castro i i don't have any worry about him going forward like next year i think it's going to come out that he had something for a lot of the year because he really wasn't himself i thought he played well in week 17 yeah, uh, and you know, I think as you get closer to the playoffs, as you get into the playoffs, um, you know, the, the juices start flowing a little bit more. Mm-hmm. He talked about it, you know, during the season how how weird this season was. Early, I we, bet. Talked, we talked to him a few weeks ago, and he's like, "It's it's tough to get 
up for these games as, as, as you typically would. There's no, you know, you, you run out into the stadium into yeah, and there's yeah. nobody there. And it's, you know, it's, it kind of tests your metal a little bit. To, I bet it's real. I bet everyone handles it differently. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Some are fine with it, no different. And some of them probably didn't have the best year because of it. Or, I you mean, know, yeah, I, I think yeah. a lot of times, especially in football, it's an emotional game that, that you know, you'd, you see the defense feeding off the crowd energy and the crowd mm-hmm. noise. You see the offense kind of doing this. It's it just it's different, you know. Yeah, I, even more than coming out of the tunnel, I was thinking fourth quarter game on the line at home. The whole place is terrible towels galore and it's loud and you know or pass rush help because they can't hear and all, all the things. That I mean, they weren't even for the most there. part this year. They didn't even play renegade. You know, in, at home games. Who cared? Yeah, yeah nobody there. Like to, who are you there to fire up? What, yeah, what are you right, doing right. it for? Yeah, that's crazy. I'm sure we're again. I can't wait to see the 30 for 30 for this year in NFL. You know, so many, so many things. I think will come. We were out. kind of chatting about that today on a Zoom call. We were waiting really? for. Uh, the, the head. We're all sitting in the in the lobby of the in yeah, the Zoom the Zoom right. lobby. Yeah, yeah. We're not. We're all all over the Remote, place. Right. And somebody said something about uh, um, something that happened on a Zoom call earlier this year, and. Um, I said, yeah, you can put that in the movie as the <laughs> yeah, right, right, the documentary, or right. Yeah, part yeah. of the movie is is you know how you how these Zoom Zoom calls went across the league. Uh, guys, people struggled with them sometimes. Sure. Things slipped through that maybe shouldn't have slipped <laughs> through. Errors. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, right. It yeah, was I'm a, sure there's a lot of that too. Yeah, the, in fact, we, we were talking up. about it because Zoom sent out a uh, an update to the, and they've done this several times now over the course of the mm-hmm. year. I see this because we're on Zoom a lot. And this last one, I'm like, I'm not downloading that at this point. Like things have gone well so far. Uh, this I'm one's working this, just right. fine, unless I absolutely have to. <laughs> yeah, I'm not dealing with a new Zoom at this point. How many times have I updated my iPhone and then the next day I'm like, I hate this. Yeah, where's this? <laughs> well, where, where where's at, this right? thing at? Yeah, I can't yeah, find yeah, it. Yeah. I know where everything's at now on these Zooms. I'm yeah, not messing but, with it until sense. after this season's over. Then I'll upgrade it and hopefully never have to use it again. And <laughs> be done. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure all you guys are super ready to get back to normalcy in terms of just the way you cover the team, but. Oh no! I mean, I think the team's in a good spot. Going back to the practice report. Yeah, I mean, if you look Browns at aren't. it, um, you know, Matt Filer and Robert Spillane getting back out on the practice field today. David DeCastro good. said that that Filer was back out there uh, with the starting unit. So okay, um, you know, I had mentioned that yesterday. I was wondering, is it Dotson's job? But Filer's earned it. You know, I mean, he's been around the block, and maybe it'll, I would imagine Dotson will be the left guard next year. But, you know, I think that makes sense. And that the Steelers are very loyal to their veteran offensive linemen, too. The, the guys, some... I mean, you could say, well, you know, Dotson's played really well. But it's been over the course of three or four games. Let's not mm-hmm. get, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't equate to a guy who's, who's played, you know, 70 career games and has been in the organization right, for, right. for six years and knows, you know, when, when – you know, you, how, we hear it all the time when we when we bring on the old offensive lineman on. I, I could just grunt and, and uh, know, Wolf and touch that the communication. The yeah, you know. of course, right. It, and pe- continuity and communication on the offensive line is unbelievably important. And this team's had a remarkable stretch. I mean, going back, you know, they've had a little bit of turnover lately, but there was a stretch there. They didn't lose starters for years after years, and that pays off. In a yeah, big way. I mean, and even the guys who have who've stepped in for some of those starters, Filer. Chooks of core for mm-hmm. they're guys that have been with the team for several years. They've been that often. They're not just they're not drafting time. a guy right, and just right. plugging them in and saying, "Okay, Rook, have at it." Yeah, there is that's kind of where experience. Dotson's been at this year. Sure, and that's that's tough. And that sets up well for Dotson next year, right? You know, and, great. I mean, he, he he went through the ropes, and they did get a little thin on the O line this year more than they've been. You know, they were lucky over some of those years too. Um, but yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, 
and we mentioned it yesterday too. Like I, I'm a little intrigued by what this, the six offensive line sets they could put out there, and they could trot Dotson back out there. And he's obviously going to have a helmet, and he's going to be ready to play. He doesn't have to line up a tight end, and he's not, you know he could still line up at a guard position and just bump everybody out one. Yeah, so you know they they have some options now. Um, you know, the same thing with getting Spillane back. That's that, an asset, like that, Im- that improves your depth there as well. Um, Do you it, think the three of them play sort of equal snaps? Do you think Spillane's more passing down situations? I think I think if if you're going to go with, with Spillane back in the starting lineup, you just go with Spillane in the starting lineup. And Williams. Yeah. And they're, they're your top two. And Williams. Because, again, there. they're the guys who have been in your system the longest. Right. So if you right. have to make adjustments on the fly – um, you know, you're not looking at Avery Williamson and saying, "Okay, you understand what you we're doing it. now." You yeah, you got yeah. this. Yeah, um, I think you mentioned this on Monday, but I know there was no injury to Vince Williams, but it sure seemed to me that Vince Williams and Hilton were pulled for in the second half. Basically, well, Vince Williams was on the injury report today with a quad. Now he, oh, really? he did get okay. hurt in the second half of that game. He kind of limped off. Okay, um, but, but I mean, he's playing. And, but Hayden, yeah. I mean, no, I I think Hayden or I'm sorry, Hilton. Hilton. They're saving him up a little bit. He got hurt the last time he played the Browns, mm-hmm. trying to tackle Kareem Hunt. Sure. Um, you know, you, you got to kind of save him from himself in that situation. It brings you know. me to another topic. I and the Browns aren't a big three-receiver team anyways. No, they're not. That's a good point. Um, I'm not making an excuse for him as a bad play by Minka on the long chub run. But I found it interesting, and I thought about it after the fact, that he played a lot of snaps in that game, Minka. Yeah. As a deep center fielder, stay away from everyone. It, my hunch is, I'm sure Tomlin didn't say, hey, let him run for a touchdown. And right. Ugly trying to but tackle But let's, let's be careful but out let's there. Let's make some business decisions yeah. while we're out there. And maybe he would have attacked Chubb with a little more vigor if it was this Sunday as opposed to yeah. last. You know oh, I mean? well, I don't think you there's I mean? any doubt yeah. because – that was more of a hey. I'm just going to try to slow him up and drag him down, Maybe kind of tackle, out of bounds as opposed to out. yeah, just driving him out of bounds on on that because he would have had him lined up. I would think. And Chubb's a great player. I mean, maybe yeah. he would still run for a touchdown today, but I just wanted to throw that out there. No, I thought was, the same thing when, yeah. it, when it happened and people were, were killing Mink. Well, oh, nice tackle attempt, Mink. I'm like, is, do you really want Mink you know if it's Patrick laying, laying it on the line here in, right, in right, you know, right. week Throwing 17? Throwing shoulder into Chubb. Yeah. And then Next thing you know, he's right. you know he's like sitting on the sidelines. Oh, he's got a stinger. Or he's mm-hmm. got a separated shoulder. Is that what you want? I mean, I think he played a lot of snaps just because of the position he plays. Yeah, he yeah. Stay away from a lot of other bodies. The communicator no in the secondary right. and, you know, that kind of stuff. People are going to fall on your ankles, or, you know, from behind, or you know, lineman type injuries and that type of thing too. So yeah. not a lot of contact. So yeah, they're in a good spot. Brownies aren't. The brownies are not. And then uh, Monday night um, had uh, left tackle Tristan Wirfs and, and uh, um, wide receiver Rashard Higgins got caught drag racing. Oh, I didn't hear that one. Oh, you didn't hear that one? No, nice. they they got they got citations for drag racing in Westlake, which is about ten miles yeah, to the yeah. west of the city. Uh, one of the two, and it didn't spe- specify who, had a marijuana cigarette in his uh, mm. in his uh, ashtray or in his possession. Um, just what you want your guys doing. Yeah, so it's the week a of a distraction playoff with game. Young guys, you know, right? That seems like the distractions you hear every other like most years. Like they probably were in their own cars. I don't care about the COVID situation. It's just doing dumb young things. You know, at, at a time when at nine thirty in the morning they got pulled over. Oh, really? Yeah. Probably on their way to the team facility. Hey, let's have some. Yeah, yeah, I would right, guess right. on their way to the team facility. Like, there's no traffic at 9:30. Let's just run. Everybody's home. Let's let's race. What, what are you, you doing? There. Yeah, Rashad, that's just yeah. stupid. Just uh, yeah. 
things you don't need. No, that, you know. one more distraction, one more thing to come up. I think the Steelers are going to roll these guys. I do too. I, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that, you know, obviously the Steelers played this team. That team has some COVID issues. I'm just hoping there's not a Friday positive test from the Steelers or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I don't want to see any positive tests on either side. Of course the, not. The rest right. of just, let's get through that. I and mean, if these teams were 100% and there was no COVID situation, I'd still pick the Steelers big. I just yeah. think that's the the Browns achieved their goal and I agree. You know what I mean? And I also as as I mentioned to you uh when the sh- before we, the show started uh did a little research and found that the uh, first time quarterbacks since the since 2002 first time quarterbacks in the playoffs are 9 and 30. Yeah. That's 9 and 30. Right. That's less than 25%. Yeah. I think that's really Or just telling. over 25%, I should say. And we had a good conversation before we should have recorded it. Um and that includes, with all respect to Mayfield, he's the first overall pick. I mean, he has some yeah. ability. But some of those nine are the superstars. Yeah. You know, the Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers didn't win his, his first playoff game. Right, you know, right, it's right. Just like, you A know. lot better people than, a lot better players than Mayfield. On a lot better teams. Right. Stroud That's the other part more, of it. I mean, yeah, right, right. you know, if you look Defenses. at it, and I we went through that yesterday, you know, you know, Ben and Russell Wilson and guy and Tom Brady, Brady yeah. won their won their first playoff game, mm-hmm. but they weren't great in those games, and they were th- you know three point victories, you know, but they yeah. had great defenses they could fall back. They were on. complementary pieces yeah. at that young. You could you could career, you right. could afford for your quarterback to go out there and throw for 180 yards mm-hmm. and one touchdown with two interceptions. See, and I think that's who Baker is. Period. Yeah. And always will be. He's never. He's, he's now started five games against the Steelers and never had a 200 yard game. Never thrown for 200 wow. yards. Yeah, I mean, I 200 yards in these days is pretty. That's not right, many. Right, right. I mean, I think he's very system oriented, and will always be that Kirk Cousins tier. You know, have some big games and have some good moments, but play action, strong run game, mm-hmm. like. They better build a defense. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. To me, that's not. Wor- and I get it. You the, the the number one pick is worth whatever whoever that guy is that year. Right. You don't get to pick. Well, hey, I want Andrew Luck in, in this year. That's <laughs> sure. That's the way it works. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't the slam dunk. No, he was not the was slam five, dunk. Five yeah. quarterback, lead, you know, draft class. I mean, if I they redraft the 2017 draft, you know, obviously Mahomes is number one. He didn't go. He didn't go sure, number one. Sure, you know, I mean, Watson would have went higher than Trubisky. Absolutely, too. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, I, you know, I heard one thing today I found interesting about that Mayfield class is, if you asked consensus, who do you want after their rookie year, I think most people would have said Mayfield. I mean, we yeah. see that hot streak, he won Rookie of the Year. I never quite bought into that, but I'm just talking about most people. After their second year, everybody would have said Lamar. He was the MVP. Yeah. After now they would say year, Allen. Now they'd say Allen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, young quarterbacks change pretty quick around here. It, it absolutely does. Yep. And, you know, if you're... Know, and Wentz, yeah, the books you, aren't written yet. If you think back to that, to that class, that rookie class, people were talking about that when it was drafted. Oh, this is as good as eighty, you know, the eighty-three draft or the, sure, the right. two thousand four draft. It's not. It's not. I mean, it's not going to have three Hall of Famers, right? I mean, chances are maybe they'll have two. Maybe they'll have two. Maybe. maybe, maybe. Rosen's almost out of football. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's, he's on his what him. fourth team. Fourth team. He got picked up. And he was the tenth, squad, tenth right? overall pick in that draft. Yeah. Right. I mean, drafting quarterbacks is a crapshoot. And, and I want to talk. Uh, ben Roethlisberger said today that that um, he absolutely believes that, that Mason Rudolph will be a starting quarterback in mm-hmm. the NFL. He believed that before Sunday's game. 
Uh, I want to talk to our, our, our next guest, uh, Bob Labriola, yeah, about definitely. his thoughts on, on Mason Rudolph's day and, and what he thinks of that. Uh, so we'll do that next. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. That's brought to you by Ford and FedEx here during the playoffs. We'll be back right after this. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with uh, uh, Matt La- Williamson, and uh, we're joined now by Bob Labriola. Our guests are brought to us uh, throughout the playoffs here by Ford. Uh, we appreciate you stopping by, Labs, as you always do on Wednesdays. And um, Ben Roethlisberger said today that Mason Rudolph showed him what he's known all along, that Mason Rudolph will be a starting quarterback in the NFL somewhere. What did he show you Sunday? Um, well, I'll tell you what. I... I, I... Uh, firmly believe <clears throat> the Mason Ru- what Mason Rudolph did was uh, justify the Steelers' uh, leadership, and by that I'm referring to Art Rooney II, Kevin Colbert, and Mike Tomlin. Their uh, level of comfort in him, you know, serving as the number two quarterback behind Ben Roethlisberger this season, and I don't see any realistic way that that changes. Uh, in 2021 because Mason Rudolph is still on his rookie contract next year. His cap numbers something like $1.25 million, which, you know, in quarterback um, money is peanuts. And, um, you know, he did what he had to do. I, I thought um, he played good enough to win. Um, they didn't. Uh, the interception was a, a poor decision on his part, but um, you know, your good pal Gene Steratore, um said that roughing the passer should have been called for a blow to the head on that play, and he replays did show that. And me personally, I thought that um, there was pass interference on the two-point conversion. Uh, not that I was rooting for overtime. Let me tell you that. Yeah, that, that, as they were going for that, I said, this is just what we need, overtime in this game. Yeah. You right. Know. Well, it's like a, pre-se- a preseason overtime, which is just... That was even worse than a preseason overtime because, you know, the Steelers are just trying to get out of that game without getting anybody hurt. Preseason game, yeah. if, somebody, if somebody gets hurt, it's, you know, okay, at that point in the game, it's usually somebody who's not going to make your team anyways. They're not going to miss them that bad. But right, the right. last thing you wanted was somebody that you might need in a playoff game getting hurt in overtime in a week 17 game that you didn't want to, you didn't care if you won or not. <laughs> but, you know, the other thing that he did, Mason Rudolph did that, you know, I thought uh was impressive was um the Steelers had five passing plays of 25 plus yards in the game. Uh he uh threw all of the passes. Uh, I, I so you know that was there were there were some things from the offense you know that I saw that I liked and he was responsible for them for the most part. Uh, he's not Ben, he's not going to be Ben, but again I think that when you know when everybody gets their head around the fact that he's the backup 
And as the backup, he's not expected to be as good as the starter because if he was as good as the starter, he wouldn't be the backup. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> now you're talking logic, wow. Bob. Come on, that makes you're talking sense. too much logic here. What he did was he saved you in the off season, asked and answered. No, no. From having no, to answer no. any questions about where the Steelers need to sign a, ba- a veteran backup quarterback. Seriously? <laughs> I'll tell you what. That Since this is sponsored by Ford, I'll bet you that F-150 that I'm supposed to get for all these appearances, <laughs> double or nothing on that, that um, I'm getting those questions. I'll say uh, the first asked and answered after whenever the season ends. Uh, because, hey, Dwayne Haskins is out there. Sure, I mean, Cam Newton seriously. will be out there. They'll go. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right. Carson Wentz, you're going to trade for Sam Darnold, you're going to trade for, <laughs> and then you know, moving up in the first round of the draft to pick that kid from BYU. All of them. You're going to just yeah. go do all of those things. Why don't they do all? Absolutely. Of them? Right. You can never have too many quarterbacks <laughs> because, as we all know, this is fantasy football or a video game. <laughs> so six, seven quarterbacks on the roster is and active good. because you got to have them active. Right, in case you want to you know, you know, run a gadget run play. A gadget play. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's what I wanted to get to you, uh, next with uh, here, Bob. I, and I know your, your feelings on this because they're the same as mine. Um, you know, the gadget stuff when you're running it with Mason Rudolph on the field is one thing. The Dobbs stuff you're talking the God, about. Yeah, the yeah, Dobbs yeah. stuff. Yeah. But to take Ben Roethlisberger off the field to run Josh Dobbs up, out there is a win for the defense. It's a win for the defense when the Saints do it. With yeah. Taysom Hill, it's a win if the Steelers would happen to do it with Josh Dobbs. You don't snipe at the Breeze or Ben. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I mean, I was because I was going to say, but you, you, uh, you beat me to it. It's Sean Payton esque. Take your Hall of Fame quarterback off the field to put in somebody who is so one dimensional that everybody knows what he's going to do. Um, you know, and and. You know, and I like Josh Dobbs. You know, I do too. Lot, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and but they could have used weakness, him last year. His weakness, absolutely. Right. His weakness is, um, you know, the the, the short intermediate, uh, high accuracy necessary throws, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, he's not bad intermediate or deeper when he gets a clean look as he did. What it was in 2018 against the Ravens when uh, Ben was hurt. I think you remember that play. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't remember what year it was. It was against the Ravens. Uh, it was a third down play, I believe. In Baltimore, out of out of his own end zone. Or maybe it was a it was a second down play. But it was a throw out of his own end zone. Right. Everybody thought he was going to run. It right. Was a, it was going to be a running play. Um, but you know he can do that. But I mean, asking him to you know sift through all the trash and pick out the guy on the slant and deliver it quickly and accurately. Um, you know, that's not his forte. And so asking him to do that, you know, it's not fair. You're setting him up to fail. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, somebody asked me uh, and an asked and answered, fourth and one, game on the line, what do you call? <laughs> and my answer was, I put the ball in the, in the hands of my best player. And, and I let him decide. RPO. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, call an RPO, let him look it over, and decide. And I'm run- And if I'm running the ball there, I want James Conner in the game. Well, what I, you know what I mean. I, but you hand it off to a running back based on what you see, or he looks it over and decides that that's not the, the play if that's what he decides, and then he 
you know, throws it to the open man like he did in, late in the Eagles game to Chase Claypool and went for a touchdown. So that's, that's my offense, and I think if in those situations, and I think if you would go, you know, to any defensive coordinator uh, of any team in these playoffs and give them sodium pentothal to make them tell the truth, <laughs> that's what they fear more than a gadget play. Oh, yeah, without you know, question. They would love to have been on the sideline. Right, yeah, I mean, it's you know, a... And run a read option. Yeah. I think about that a lot. Like, what does the defense want to see? Oh, we'd love to see Gentry and Samuels in the game. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Labs, I'll Um, never forget. There was a couple summers ago, we were up at Latrobe. You joined Dale and I, and that was the summer where the Browns were favored to win the AFC North. They had just traded for Odell and, you know, get your money in now because this is going to be a dynasty. And I remember you sitting with us going – Let's see how expectations treat this team. Let's see when you have to play on Monday night, travel home at 4 in the morning, and get ready to come to Pittsburgh the next week. You know, like you really laid it out well. And the Browns have come a long way. I mean, they're they're a deserved playoff team. But Dale and I have been talking all week that I kind of feel like their Super Bowl happened last Sunday. Oh, yeah. And the other thing that I really believe is, is a um, shock to the system of a team like that is dealing with success. Right. Because, you know, how do you handle, like, and I don't know, and I'm not saying that, you know, they're, but what's their concentration level when they came back after making the playoffs for the first time in 18 years? I mean, I I just can't believe that there is no, because it's natural human reaction. Ah, we made it. They got T-shirts made. Playoff T-shirts. Well, there you go. And, you know, before we came on the air, Dale, I told you, and this is true. You know, it sounds like I'm just saying this to make fun of the Browns, but this is true. Within the Browns organization, they have something called the Happiness Committee. And the Happiness Committee has its own, like, um, I I don't know if they have a Twitter handle, but they have their own email address, you know, within the Browns, you know, uh, team you know, email system. And these are people who, um, you know, they hang balloons and in the office and streamers. And They're the Dunder Mifflin Party rally. Committee. Well, yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> um, it's, it's like, you know, keeping morale up or whatever. But, um, you know, <laughs> it, it just blows it blows my mind. I mean, they come out and they put I, they put they put the little uh, hearts and stuff around everybody's lockers in the in the locker room like you did in high school. You know, <laughs> right on their locker, right? right. <laughs> little you picture. Know, yeah, I mean, good luck in the playoffs, Labs. You're not in charge of the happiness committee on the south side. <laughs> <laughs> you talk to me enough, Matt, to know that we're not a you'd be perfect for that job. Yeah, um, but I mean, it's like the spirit committee in high school. You know, you paint the signs and. You know, spirit, spirit, who's got it? You know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Setting up pep rallies, and but I mean, that's um, you know, and when you when you approach an NFL season like that, I mean, you know, the next team is is waiting to rip your head off when you start winning. <laughs> um, and you know, the Browns they're, they're not going to sneak up on anybody anymore. I mean, they're not going to sneak up on the Steelers on Sunday night. And if, you know, there are more games this year for them, uh, it's going to get worse every time. And next year, 
you know, whoever has them opening weekend is not going to think, oh, the Browns are slappy. You know, we're 1-0. and No, they're thinking, how are we going to rip Baker Mayfield's head off? Um, so there, there's a lot of things, you know, and, and, and taking it even to the Steelers, you know, 72, the immaculate reception, and, you know, everybody got all fired up about that. And, you know, don't forget, you know, Roy Blunt Jr. embedded with the Steelers, um, the author, for the 73 season to write a book about the Steelers based on their, you know, Cinderella immaculate reception year of 1972. And the book he ended up writing, the title of it was Three Bricks Shy of a Load because um, they didn't, they weren't they ready didn't yet. live up. Yeah, right. sure. They're not ready a year, right. And a lot of times it's not necessarily personnel or coaching. It's psychological. To, to your um, point on that, Bob, this this game being played Sunday night, I think really benefits the Steelers, because the Browns player, the, you know, Baker Mayfield is going to be sitting in a hotel room Saturday bouncing night, the uh, and then all day Sunday bouncing off the walls. That's who he is, by all accounts. I mean, he's a high strung kind of guy to begin with. Um, you want him thinking about that game all day long and just thinking, okay, I, and and then it gets in their heads. Well, and the other thing that I. For me personally, the reason that I wanted this scenario was because, you know, and, and and I'm not really criticizing them because, again, you haven't been in the playoffs for 18 years. Uh, you know, there has to be a little bit of relief slash, you know, celebration slash happiness associated with finally, you know, scaling that mountain. But I'm sure that there was some talking on the field uh, Sunday after they won. Um, and again, I'm not. I'm. I'm saying that that's normal human behavior. But if you're on the other end of that talking, you know, all of a sudden your little brother starts woofing in your face because, you know, you decided to play him one on one in your backyard on basketball left-handed, <laughs> and you know he won by Sweet one out. Two, two at the end by banking in a shot from the top of the key. Um, you know, he's, he's going to talk a little bit, and you get tired of hearing that real quick. Um, so uh, that's kind of what I'm hoping is at work here. Uh, and, um, you know, if it is, because I, I do think that the Steelers respond well to, you know, getting uh, punched in the mouth, especially by, you know, someone or a team, some team that, um, you know, you don't really think, uh, should be doing the punching. And, um, you know, the Browns got to come here now. So, you know, again, I, I think that this sets up well for the Steelers. Now they just have to not um, squander this opportunity. Bob, I, I dug up a stat uh, yesterday. Uh, since 2002, first-time quarterbacks in the playoffs are 9-30. and 30. Is there something to that other than just being 9-30, and 30, or, or is that – uh, is that real? Do, do, do quarterbacks need to learn how to win in the playoffs? Oh, absolutely. Remember Ben's first playoff game? Oh, yeah, it was ugly. It was oh, ugly. it was awful. <laughs> awful. It was awful. I mean, um, the Steelers ended up winning because the slappy kicker from the Jets missed. Doug Bryan, I think was his name, 2004 Correct, yes. A couple, maybe one at the end of the game and one in overtime or whatever it was. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I just I, I think the enormity of the moment, 
you know, gets to the best of them. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, and, and again, with the Steelers in 04, there were a lot of players on that team who were not playoff neophytes. You know, guys that had been to playoffs, that played in championship games, lost, but still played in conference championship games, won divisions, you know, a lot of that stuff. Um, but, you know, the first-timers, uh, I think that you can expect a little bit of, I don't know, uh, you know, the big eyes that kids get when, you know, they walk into Disney World the first time or whatever. And, you know, it, it's it's a little bit more of an issue when it's your quarterback because of, you know, his role uh, on the offense, on the team. A lot of other guys are going to look to the quarterback for, I won't say guidance necessarily, but, um, you know, setting an emotional tone, calm when it's needed, um, um, you know, fire them up when it's needed. And, you know, I don't know, you know, what Baker Mayfield is going to have in those areas in his first playoff game. I don't think he knows what he's going to have in those areas in his first playoff game until he experiences it. Now, the one advantage Baker Mayfield has is, which are going to be 60 people in the stands. <laughs> I mean, because imagine that place packed right. on a, for a night game oh, uh, where right. the crowd is well lubricated. Against the Browns. Uh, they have their voices. Um, Without you know, a head coach. Right. <laughs> That's kind of big too. Doesn't and he's, coach and he's the guy. He's a guy I think who deserves so much credit for kind of smoothing a lot of the Browns' rough edges mm-hmm. um, because they had players, they had talent, but you know just some of the slappy things that <laughs> the Browns were known for. Kevin Stefanski. You mean I like a happiness so committee? <laughs> well, I'm talking about on the field. Um, Slappy things the Browns were known for, he kind of, I won't say eliminated them all, but certainly limited them uh, way, way, way below uh, what we have come to expect from that team and that franchise. So he's not going to be there. Uh, I I just wonder what kind of presence, if any, he can have that day. I mean, I don't know the specific rules. Uh, I was reading them today. He's allowed to uh, to talk to the team via Zoom before the game in the locker room, but as soon as the game starts, he is he can't he can't have any communication. What about halftime? Not allowed to have any communication once the game starts. So he's watching on TV like everybody else. Yeah. Um. So I mean, they're going to miss him, uh, and it's not so much I don't believe so much the play calling uh, as it is the understanding or having a feel, you know, for the reality of the moments as they come up over the course of the game. Um, it's a so, lot more chaotic than people realize. The communication is very important. Well, yeah, and I mean, again, um, and, and I've done this with people, uh, and it was college game, a college game, Ohio State, Michigan. I was in a place you know, and there was one group of fans from Ohio State rooting for them, one group of fans, Michigan rooting for them. It came down to the end. You know, do you go – this was a few years ago. Do you go for two and try to win it right then, or do you kick and play overtime? Who's going to make that decision? It's 40 seconds you got. Yeah, right. That's right. right. Not only do you have to right. make the decision, but – got to come up with I a play. You, <laughs> right. Or well, personnel grouping. 
you know, all of that stuff. You know, TikTok, fellas, what, what do you got? And I don't think you would want to give the impression to your players that, you know, you're pulling something out of a hat and flipping a coin. So, uh, yeah, there's, it, as, as Matt said, it's very chaotic, and there's a lot of things involved that, you know, a clock is ticking, uh, you know, and you have to make these decisions. Player uh, substitutions, and, right, the, all that stuff. Right, uh, challenges. Um, you know, you might think, hey, this is, you know, I'm going to challenge this. I can win this. Um, but maybe that's your last challenge, even if it's right. Yeah, you know, is, maybe is it worth the, the is it worth the yeah. eight yards that you're going to get? You know, right. that that kind of stuff. You know, you get hosed on the first one, so the second one, you know, you're going to get this one right, but now you're out of challenges. Um. So I mean, there's just a lot of things involved uh, in 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 a game that I believe that you know a team looks to its head coach for in terms of decision-making, you know, setting the course, um, you know, being, being the rock, um, you know, whatever. And they're certainly going to miss that. And the fact that, you know, it's the first time for the franchise in 18 years, you know, there's really nobody, I don't think, on that sideline you can turn to with enough experience who can, you know, step, step onto the bridge of the, you know, the, the Starship Enterprise and say, okay, I got it from here. Um, so, again, uh, I'm going to say this again. I, I, I hope the Steelers, you know, don't squander this opportunity. Well, we're going to let you go, Bob. Our guest has been Bob Labrioli. We appreciate uh, your efforts here all the time, as, as uh, we, we always do. Um, of course, uh, Bob brought to us by Ford throughout the playoffs here. When he stops by on Wednesdays, uh, he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. Matt, you're the best, man. Don't uh, don't discredit that idea of spearheading the uh, the committee here for the Steelers. I think that's uh, an excellent idea. You're the guy for that happiness <laughs> committee. Right. Just don't, yeah, okay. don't, don't, don't rush out on the rug. I'll, and, and the first thing I'm going to do, Matt, is appoint you my first deputy. You're going to blowing up all the balloons. I could be a jolly guy. Bring a keg. <laughs> Matt plans a great party, let me tell you. (laughs) We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. We are back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. Our ongoing coverage here on Steelers Nation Radio, brought to you by Ford and FedEx, uh, throughout the playoffs. And uh, Matt, I got some numbers here for you. Okay. The Browns are 11 and 20 all time in playoff games. Okay. The Steelers are 36 and 25. Okay, so that must be going back to the 50s and stuff. Huh? And that's since the in the Super Bowl. That's era. Super Bowl. Era. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I suspect the Steelers being a lot more than the Browns. That's a lot more. I guess that's a lot more. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're talking. They've, they've, the Steelers have more playoff wins than the Browns have playoff games. Appearances, yeah. right? That's. Uh, um, but here's the thing: the road teams have won six of the last eight wild card games over the last two seasons. Since the 2017 playoffs, road teams are eight and four in the wild card round. That doesn't um, shock me though, because like Washington 
wins their division, but they're not right. in the top four right. teams. You know what I mean? Uh, and in seven of the past eight seasons, at least one road team has won a wild card game. Okay. And I think it'll happen. We got this, Yeah, we got two teams that are right, favored right. this weekend. Uh, Baltimore is favored over in Tennessee. in Tennessee, which is crazy to me. In Indianapolis, I'm sorry. No, they're, no, in, no, they're, in, so Tennessee. they're in Tennessee. Right. They did play that game in Baltimore earlier this year. And Tennessee won. And Tennessee won. Right, and they beat them in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then Tampa is favored over Washington. Over Washington right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that'll happen most years, especially with the seven playoff system. But there also is no fans either. There's no fans, yeah. yeah. Obviously, this year's different than others. Now, there are fans in Nashville. Full? Or, I mean, it's not full, yeah, but, but there's, there's, there's some, there's, yeah. It's something substantial. Then there's this stat. The Browns have not won in Pittsburgh <laughs> since 2003. Wow. That was before Ben Roethlisberger joined the Steelers. So yeah. there's nobody on the Steelers roster, coaches, players, who's ever lost to the Browns at home. I bet a quarter of our listeners don't even remember the Steelers pre-Ben. Probably not. You I know, mean, yeah, I mean, it's, even... it's been so long. Right, right, right. Um, they've lost to them twice since they came back into the NFL in 1999. Here. 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 Uh, The one was, uh, I'll never forget this game, because I was on the field when the Browns, it was, uh, uh, who was the kicker at the time? Uh, He was the old Browns kicker, Matt Stover. Mm, Yeah, he was a good one, too. Um, Was it Matt Stover at the time, or Phil Dawson? No, it was Phil Dawson. Field goal Phil was there, and I was there. Yeah, it was Phil Phil Dawson at the time. Kicked the, uh, the the Steelers had just thrashed the Browns in their season opener that year in 99. One of those 49-0. It was 41-0. They just destroyed them. And then the Browns came here in 99 and beat the Steelers 16-15 on a last-second Phil Dawson field goal. And I remember okay. just looking – I was standing on the sidelines. I looked over at Bill Coward as, as his expression as, as the ball went through the, <laughs> went through the uprights. A little shocked. A little shocked. I didn't, didn't see that one coming. Um, the Steelers then beat the Browns 36-33 in the playoffs in 2002. The next year, the Browns came here and beat the Steelers 33-13. That's the only other time that they've beaten the Steelers – Wow. In Pittsburgh. That's remarkable. Mike Tomlin's never lost to the Browns here. in Pittsburgh. That's remarkable. Ben Roethlisberger has never lost to the Browns here. Wow. I mean, that's, that rivals, that's not quite as crazy, is the Ben was the winningest quarterback in Brown Stadium up until this year. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, holy smokes. I mean, this is, this is Patriots... Bills type stuff, right? Oh yeah, I mean just dominance over another team, and that stuff doesn't go away quick. I mean, no. I know there's a lot of new bodies there. I mean, we and... talked about that last week of the regular season, why the Bills wanted to beat the Patriots so bad in that la- in that, and they rubbed it in a little, and they rubbed it in because yeah. they hadn't done it for they hadn't won in Foxborough yeah, since mean, yeah, Jim right. Kelly was a quarterback. Same situation, right? And, and uh, trust me, I mean, I, I tell the story all the time. I mean, it was the one year I was there. Phil Savage started every draft meeting with a prayer, and then he said, "All right, fellas, how do we beat the Steelers?" And then let's talk about running backs. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> and they probably—I mean, I don't know if they do that kind of stuff now, but it hasn't gone away. I mean, the little brother thing is real. You know, it certainly is real. Like at the college levels, you know, if if a college beats up on you year after year, like I'm, I've been here five years and we were zero five against Oklahoma. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing, especially a team you face twice a year. I mean, yeah, and there's a reason why we've seen so many Browns coaches fired after a Steeler game. A yeah, loss. right, right, right. You know, that happens all the time. Um, but I think that... Even though they're young. I mean, they yeah. know. 
Yeah, I mean, you you know, they're going to be asked about that all week long. Well, you know you guys haven't won Pittsburgh since 2003. <laughs> and then you start thinking about it. We play them twice a year. Yeah. We play them every year and we don't win down there. Yeah, and there's some people on that team going, I was four. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Wow. Maybe I wasn't paying attention then because I grew and, up in Washington or Florida or I something. I mean, even but, if you start looking at the guys from outside the organization who they brought in, mm-hmm. how much success have they had in Pittsburgh? Very little, I'm sure. And you you mentioned this on Monday. Not a lot of playoff snaps between those guys, too. I mean, a yeah. I mean, played games, but, I mean, they didn't play. They weren't prominent members of the, their old team. I mean, Jarvis Landry aside, and he played, what, one game? Like, yeah. They haven't played a lot of playoff football, and they're young. They never win here. I mean, a lot of things set up pretty well. And they, you know, nobody in the building today, and no head coach. Now, <laughs> you know? I'll, I'll say this: none of the, none of that stuff matters once the ball's kicked off. It doesn't, no. But it does play in your psyche leading up to the game. And then yeah, if yeah. something goes wrong, then it matters. Sure. Like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, then you start thinking about it, but it, it doesn't help you block Miles Garrett right. or get away from Denzel Ward or. You know, they don't drop interceptions that Ben th- should have thrown. You know I mean? Maybe they do. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's real, though. It's definitely real. And, and you know, even times when they've been close, they find ways to lose. You know, it had that's... to be in their head Sunday, last Sunday. Yeah. I mean. As that game got closer, team. as that game got, you know, they're they're in charge in, in, in control of the football game. Mm-hmm. They've got the ball. It's fourth down and one. They're going to go for it. And Joel Batonio who's the longest tenured right, right. good the, player the right. good player longest tenured brown false starts on fourth and one right I'm like oh i know what this feels like again and it's in your head to your yeah. point you know something's always going to go wrong you know one of these i mean you're not going to jump up on and especially the browns team i mean, probably aren't going to jump up on a steeler defense by 14 and put it in easy street and neutral and just cruise to a victory most likely i mean that's not playoff football and even if they are up 14 because of their defense yeah, they you might. just gave up 14 points to to Something Mason Rudolph in the fourth happen. quarter You're last look week. At each other, yeah. like I've been there. I understand this feeling, and I don't like it. And it's out of confidence. You know? Yeah, that's what it is. It comes down to confidence. Yeah, and I can't imagine that the Browns, even after winning that game last week, have a ton of confidence. I wouldn't against think. this Steelers team. Like, oh man. And again, Baker may come out flying, and okay, you know, we're all got we got a ton of energy. We're young and exuberant, and you know, we're bouncing off the walls. But something's going to go bad. But then when or, you get punched in the mouth, what's your, you know, it's like Mike right. Tyson. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. They don't pick up a twist or a stunt right. He gets drilled in the breastplate and looks over at the sideline. Coach Stefanski, how do we fix that? Oh. He's not there. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, they, you need that whoopee, too. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. But I thought those were some interesting numbers. Yeah, there. they are. They're the, pretty telling. The, the wild card teams do win some of these games. Yeah. But, but they're often the better regular season team nowadays. Though, yeah. Too, you know. Yeah. Just so. We'll see how this plays out, but uh, he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with the Fantasy Football Focus right after this. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio.
brought to you by Ford and uh, FedEx uh, here throughout the playoffs. Uh, I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson and Matt. Uh, ESPN put together its uh, its fantasy wrap up for the uh, yeah, yeah. That was for good. the season. And um, they learned and yeah, yeah right, the, right. The, the first thing in here is that Aaron Rodgers was massively underrated in fantasy drafts. He was uh, QB ten in ADP of ninety three this year. I got one that's even better than that because I got Josh Allen in the yeah, thir- wow. in the thirteenth round. Wow, yeah, he's like the hundred and fiftieth player since taken. I took him after Carson Wentz. <laughs> fantasy, I've always been the late round quarterback. Wait forever. I'm starting to change my tune a little bit. I mean. Yes, you can hit that Allen or Rodgers, or the year before, that was Lamar. It's yeah. like the best example I can ever remember. Um, but you're really at a disadvantage if you don't have one. Like, there's five or six really good ones, and a couple you know. Like, Lamar and Mahomes are going to be good next year. They might not be one. They might yeah. not be worth a second round. They were pick. overdrafted, though, They this were year. Average, overdrafted. Yeah. There's a fine line. I'm trying – I might change my philosophy on when I take – That was my – I mean, because in, in the, my main league, for whatever reason, this year – Three quarterbacks went in the first round. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. Yeah, it, that's... It, it was it was Mahomes, Lamar, and Deshaun Watson. Okay, and you don't have special quarterback rules. It's not. No, it's what's. Well, I mean, it's it's a, it's six pass. You know, six points for a touchdown pass. Yeah, right, which right, makes right. a difference. Which is big, sure. Um, and those guys all run a little bit, at least a, to some degree. Oh yeah, I mean, but they're the right still, ones to take. I'm course. not taking those guys in the first round again. No. I got Josh. I got Josh Allen in the thirteenth round. You telling me there's. Who, who had the better quarterback situation? You by a, th- a ton. You know, but I did, I mean, I picked the wrong guys, of course, but I left my draft. Take I had Wentz and I had Burrow. Wentz was a disaster. I started Burrow for most of the year. He got hurt. Then I end up with Cousins. Yeah. You know, like, well, that's what you can't have happen. Right. Like, you can't, that's the, if your quarterback gets hurt, you're not, your main quarterback gets hurt, you're screwed no matter what. Yeah, but I had a bad one to begin with. I mean, like, they were okay. Yeah. But I was at a disadvantage every week at the quarterback. But Wentz spot. was a Wentz was an issue. This Wentz year. was an issue, right? Yeah. Of course. Um, so the, their uh, their second thing here is that uh, Josh Allen became a fantasy star. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah so. Absolutely. Um, and, and you know, as as I was sitting, and I didn't love Josh Allen coming into the season, but you knew he ran. I knew I mean, he ran. He was he was somebody that I targeted. You know, in in that I, I, taking Wentz in like the ninth round or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Guys were, you know, the people were taking the Bradys and, and Roethlisberger's and guys of that nature. I'm like, I don't want those guys because they don't run. Yeah. And I know, you know, Allen's their short yardage back. I'm like, okay, I'll take him in the 13th round here. I think the lesson to learn there is when you do take your backup quarterback, make him have a super high ceiling. Yeah, it's got to be somebody have, with some upside. Yeah, the Bradys and Bens of the world. They don't. The Ryans, yeah. it's, not, it's not my bag or even the Cousins of the world. Because if he hits, wow, then you get your situation. Yeah. Dalvin Cook ran to another huge season. Yeah, I was man. drafting my my fantasy year this year or so. In that league, I was You're drafting. Bitter, and I'll blame you. you I was drafting one. ninth. And you end up with Cook. And Dalvin Cook falls into my lap. Well, you got guys drafting quarterbacks, three of them in the first round. I yeah. Guess I, and I'm just going, oh, I can't believe it. Dalvin Cook's in, in ninth overall pick. Right, right, right. Uh, it's just fantastic. Yeah. I mean, he should have been four or five. Yeah. And looking back. So I end up, I have Josh Allen and Dalvin Cook. Yeah, and didn't like, make playoff. Tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah. He's an awesome player, though. I mean, yeah. I have no reservations about him. He's an, a, 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 certainly a blue chip type, top five type of guy next year, too. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott took a major step backward. He did. Are you buying him next year? Not the same price. I mean, there not, was five n- backs. I'm not taking him in the top three or four picks. I don't know if I'm taking him in round one. But if I'm sitting there at the ninth pick, 
Now I'm starting to get interested. End of round yeah. one, I'm starting to get interested. If it's if if you know seven or eight running backs go in front of me, mm-hmm. okay, I'll I'll take a shot on Zeke because he's starting to look a little better at the end of the year too. And Dak and Tyron Smith and Zach Martin, like I think people might undervalue him next year. He's yeah. not old. They they're not paying him. They're not paying him a bunch of money to to right 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 run right. Tony Pollard. They know him better than anyone. If yeah. they thought they were breaking down a year ago, they wouldn't have paid him. Right. Uh, Devontae Adams elevated his game to another level. Yeah, he's clearly, he's the, clearly the number one receiver. Right. I mean, that's not even... I'm not sure who two is next Well, time. it might be the next guy. Stephon Diggs formed an immediate chemistry with Josh Allen. Yeah. And that certainly helped Allen's cause, too. Yeah. I mean, if somebody... I mean, if, you, if, you, if you're... Again, you're sitting there in the ninth spot, and it's Devontae Adams... Stefan Diggs and, and Ezekiel Elliott. Now I'm now I'm pondering now that a little thinking bit. About yeah, that, right. I mean, Ad, Adams is a great, great player. I mean, not that Diggs isn't. I'm wondering, like, what lessons can we learn? Like, let's say, I don't want to say Darnold's on the same spot where Allen was a year ago, but some up and coming quarterback that has you know some promise but questions. Let's say they add Allen Robinson or someone yeah. like that. Let's, like, I mean, I we've talked we've talked a little bit about Drew Locke. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't love Drew Locke. Yeah. And maybe it's not next year. Maybe it's two years from now. Right, right, right. But, but he has a high he's got And he's got weapons. And he's, and he's aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they've, they've, they've put some pretty good guys around him. And he gets, like, Cortland Sutton comes back next year. He sure. played sure. all year without Judy's him. second year. Yeah. Fant missed a lot of time this year. I mean, they, yeah, right. they got weapons around him. They he could do. He could be that guy. He could be that guy. Um, Travis Kelsey posted one of the best tight end seasons ever. I think he's the fantasy MVP. Yeah, like if we knew what we knew now and we had a draft, I'd take him at one. He was so much. Well, their next thing here is that, is that Darren Waller wasn't far behind Kelsey, but kind Waller of. wasn't as consistent. Kelsey Waller would have he would have twelve catches one week mm-hmm. and five the next, whereas yes. Kelsey was just okay. Here's pencil it in. You're getting twenty plus points out of Kelsey every week. Yeah, I mean, if you have Kelsey and I don't, it's like you're playing with an extra starter. Yeah, I mean, it's that's hard to beat that team, uh, and. I think Kittle will be in that lump too. I mean, but I don't, and I don't know if Kelsey will ever match this year. Like I said, it was a historically great season. But boy, it's a big advantage taking a tight end early. And those three, I think, stand out next yeah. year. I mean, there's some good young ones. I always <laughs> always get caught up on the hot young tight end. <laughs> you know, it could be Dallas Goddard or you know whoever. I mean, yeah, Hawkinson, gonna somebody's going to be that right. guy. But man, it's nice having the bird in the hand at that position. Yeah, uh, their MVP this year uh, was be Kelsey. Theirs was Josh Allen. Okay, but I mean, I hear you. But I mean, you would have traded Josh Allen for Kelsey. I don't think I would have. Maybe right after the draft. Yeah. No, I mean, even when they were at their best. I don't know that I would have because I didn't have a backup quarterback. It was any good because <laughs> Carson Wentz b- bombed out. Yeah, I hear what you're saying there. I mean, I, there, I, there were I considered it midseason trading Josh Allen. Like, okay, I could do something here because my my team was up and down. I just got off to mm-hmm. a great start. Cook got hurt, and then that kind of derailed me a little bit. I'm like, I need to do something here, maybe. And I'm like, well, I could trade Josh Allen, but I'm not going to get anybody back because I'm not going to trade him for Mahomes. I'm not going to like that. Does me true, no, true, that does right. me no good. Um, I'm just saying that the position scarcity is so much different. Yeah, I you mean, but I mean? he had just monster weeks. Monster weeks. Monster weeks. Uh, they're least they're valuable players. There's two votes here. Carson Wentz. This is at the quarterback position. Oh, okay. We're just doing quarterback. Yeah. The, okay. the quarterback position. Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. 
And, that, mean, and if you were going to trade Josh Allen, you're, you know, you're going to get Jared Goff back and somebody else. Mm-hmm. Don't you know. a receiver. That's, and that's just too big of a drop that's off. a big drop off, right? Goff doesn't run either. You know, especially if you have negative plays, Wentz has oh, a lot of turnovers, yeah. and right. Yeah. Um, if you're looking at next year, uh, I don't know how they did, did this. It, just, it doesn't say here. Um, I don't know if these are other least valuable players. It can't be because it's Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes. This is, must be some rankings for next year. Yeah, okay. Um, Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott. That's a nice group. That's a nice group. Yeah, and if you're if you're looking at a you know drafting next year, um, and you're talking about maybe drafting a quarterback earlier, well maybe you can wait a little bit longer on Justin Herbert as opposed to some of those other guys. Yeah, uh, when I said I'm drafting, I didn't phrase that very well. Like I, you just listed a, a good group of quarterbacks that I think are unlikely to bust. You know, like. Yeah. Wentz and Goff weren't in that group a year ago. They were lower list. You know, they, they yeah. were down the line. But if there's the, that group plus Watson, Mahomes, Lamar, maybe there's eight of them. I said there's five or six. There's probably eight of them that are every week starters. Click the button. Russell Wilson, I know he faded. But if you don't have one of those, you're a little bit in trouble. I'm not saying you need number yeah. one or use a first-round pick or a second-round pick. But I think you want to be in the tier two at least. Yeah. And maybe you, maybe you have to pull the trigger instead of waiting until round nine, maybe in round six. Yeah, that, to get one of those guys. I've always been the nine, ten, and take two of them. Yeah, but maybe it's got to be round five or six because then you're looking. You know, uh, you could probably maybe throw Ryan Tannehill into that group as well. Yeah, he's pretty consistent. He wouldn't be. At this point too. He's not maybe on the level of those guys, but he's not far off. But he's an every week starter. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe Burrow is too. Perhaps you know. Maybe. Yeah, perhaps. Um, it, but you may have to eat a few weeks with that. Right. That's, that's the problem. Scary, right. Uh, the running backs, the uh, MVP for, uh, uh, what is that, Cockcroft. Um, what's his yeah, name? Tristan Cockcroft. Tristan Cockcroft. He's been there a long time. Uh, his, his MVP at running back was James Robinson. I guess if you consider the investment. The investment was nil. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, of course, for Matt Bowen, it was uh, Dalvin Cook. Yeah. And he certainly lived up to it and more. The least valuable players at the running back position. Ezekiel Elliott for Cockroft and Todd Gurley for Bowen. Gurley might not play again. I mean, we we didn't like Gurley going into the season. No, he never I mean, ended if, up on the teams. His ADP was going in the second or third round. That mm-hmm. was just. I mean, I would have taken Gurley in the fifth round and been okay. He's maybe you know right, right, yeah. But I mean, the guys that obviously killed you were use a first or second pick on McCaffrey or Barkley. You got zero out of either. I mean, that ruined your fantasy yeah. season potential. But Elliott wasn't much better. You took him in the top three. and Yeah, I would say those guys are even worse sometimes because you start him every week and you're married to him, basically, and he doesn't come yeah. through. And then you At least those guys him. were hurt. These He was right. playing and not not producing. Yeah, yeah, that's That's rough. a killer. Um, some of the top guys coming back next year. David Montgomery has played his way into that. See, I don't think he'll be on my team. He won't be on mine either, but... He's going to go in the top 20 yeah. picks overall, probably. Uh, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Robinson. I don't know where you draft Robinson next year. Robinson will be on my team either. I don't think he will be on mine. Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins. See, I want the young guys. Yeah, I want Swift, and I want Dobbins, and even Akers, and you know, the up-and-comers that really showed it at the end, more so than Montgomery or Robinson. I know he's a rookie, but I just don't think there's a ton of ability there. Yeah, and that usually kind of plays itself out. You don't typically mm-hmm. see guys, oh, look at this. He, he strings together five or six good seasons in a row, and he was undrafted. Yeah. It's a reason he Pretty was undrafted. Rare. Yeah, And their offense will probably be better, and you know, they'll probably add something else, but uh, he's going to go high. 
At the wide receiver position, the MVP, Stephon Diggs for Cockeroff, Devontae Adams for Bowen. Yeah. Hard to go wrong with either one of those guys. I like Bowen a lot. I think he's a great analyst. But if you use a first-round pick on Cook and you use a top 15 pick on Adams, they're not as valuable as... right. You Robinson got you got you got stuff, right, you right, got right. digs at you know the you more invested in at wide guys. receiver twelve yeah you know? exactly you and, know? He, and he's wide receiver two when it ends right you know? I mean he, his price inflated you know uh, Tyreek Hill set a new career high with seventeen touchdowns this season that, that was did, like quiet like people didn't very realize quiet that. yeah right very quiet is he your second receiver off the board next year <sighs> like Michael Thomas I don't think is in that equation right now no no, no especially no. If Breeze retires. In fact, Michael Thomas was both of their least valuable. Yeah, so he killed yeah, you if you drafted him high. Right. Um, I think Adams is clearly one, but I might take Tyreek, too. Some of the other young guys they talk about. Hill, Justin Jefferson. DK, yeah, he's for real. DK Metcalf. Yeah. A.J. Brown. T. Higgins. I'm in on T. Higgins. Yeah. Uh, that, that offense has a chance to be pretty good next year. I actually just did my, my Dynasty show last night, and we did a special on the Bengals. And I basically said, for their cost right now, I'm buying every Bengal. You know, I mean, they're not super expensive. Mixon, Boyd, especially Higgins, and Burrow. You know, that their stock's a little low right now, but I think their defense will be bad. It'll probably throw a lot again. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they add a lineman or two. Um, I want to see who the backup quarterback is going to be. It can't, yeah. it can't be what they messed around with this year because, again, Burrow may miss the first month of the season. That might be a good – Flacco's not a good example, but some – veteran type that's held down the fort might yeah. not be a bad move there. The tight end position. Uh, Cockroft's MVP, Darren Waller. Because uh, he's taking the approach. He's cheaper than he, Kelsey. He took him in the right, fifth right, round, right. And, and he got great production out of him. Uh, for Bowen is Travis Kelsey. Sure. Okay. The, it's the, the least valuable player. For Cockroft, it's Tyler Higby. Yeah, he went pretty high. People he went forget. Pretty, yeah. right. I mean, he was coming off a great second half. Of, he had like of five time. awesome games in a row to finish last yeah. year. For Bowen and Zach Ertz, I'd say Ertz is the one that would I would yeah. jump to mind for me. Yeah, he he went. I think he was like the third tight end off the board. Oh yeah, was, yeah. You know, Kittle and Kelsey, and then Ertz was three, and he might be done too. Yeah. Um, in his second season, T.J. Hawkinson uh, was eighth overall. Uh, or I'm sorry, uh, had uh, ten games with at least ten PPR points. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that he caught six touchdowns this year. Could be jump into that. Yeah. You know, depending on believer. what they do at, 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 with the coaching position. And quarterback. Yeah. You know, I, mean, is it, what I think is, they keep Stafford. I think they probably do. But I mean, there's, there's a lot of unknowns around them. Yeah. I love them coming out, and I still do. Uh, I mean, it, I'm a big Hawkinson believer. Um, Mike Gesicki. I'm a believer in him, too. Again, they just fight. It's Chan Gailey stepped down as their offensive mm-hmm. coordinator today. We'll see what they come back with. But Gesicki's a – and, again, Hawkinson and Gesicki could not be any more different. Right, the tight end position. Hawkinson is is more like it's McDonald versus Ebron. Yeah, Gesicki is more like Waller. Very much so. Gesicki doesn't block anybody. He doesn't block anybody. He's a tall, skinny volleyball player. Yeah, he's a he's right. a wide receiver. He's a big wide receiver. He's a slot receiver. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely is. And I think they will add a receiver. Like it wouldn't shock me if they gave to uh, Devonta Smith you know, somebody. Yeah, they're going to add somebody. Absolutely. And the final guy here on the on the tight end list, Robert Tanyan. Yeah. He had 11 touchdowns this year. Boy, you made fun of me for a while because I did not believe. <laughs> and part of it is just because I had He had really three of those moment. touchdowns against you one week. I remember he beat me, right? <laughs> but he's a former receiver, too. Like, I kind of brushed him off because I didn't know a whole lot about him. And then after I did more homework, like, he's a 
big receiver too in terms of athleticism. Yeah. Not that he won't, but he'll, he'll block a little bit too. But he gets downfield and he can run. Yeah, he's a, he's a tight end one going into next year. I think so. I mean, and maybe you don't. Again, you're not you're not drafting him in the fourth round. No, but but he's the eighth tight end off the board or ninth or something like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, right. I mean, he's in the mix. You'd much rather have him than Zach Ertz. I mean, he's. I mean, like I just mentioned, Dallas Goddard, and yeah. I assume Ertz will be gone. I love Goddard. I've been a big fan of him, but Tanyan's more proven. I want Tanyan over Goddard. Yeah. Right, right, right. I don't know. I don't know what their offense is going to look like next year exactly. in Philadelphia. How many are they going to throw? I know Aaron Rodgers is still going to be throwing the football. Exactly. In it's Green it's Bay. going to look the exact same. You yeah, could make right. the argument that Tanyan's our number two receiver. Yeah, absolutely. And they may add one. Yeah, you know, but, but still, that's not a bad spot to be the number two he target. He trusts him in the red zone. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Devontae Adams always has coverage rolled his way. I mean, he's a he's only going to get better too. I mean, young tight ends get better, you know, late in life a little bit too. Yeah. Now, Matt, you drafted your uh, team. We we talked about it yesterday. The uh, the playoff team. Yeah, it's, it's a little a bit different, different though. Yeah. This one you can only pick. A, you can pick whoever you want, but you can only pick a guy once throughout the playoffs. So you got to field four different teams. You right. Know, week one, all the way up to the Super Bowl. So the key this week to me would be picking guys who are going to potentially lose. Right. You know, like. I'm hoping here, – here's the team I picked off the top of my head. I picked Lamar with the thought that I'm going to use Mahomes, I'm going to use Rodgers, and some of the, I mean, some other quarterback that I think will be there for the Super Bowl. Like, you don't want to get this stuck in the Super Bowl and you've already used Mahomes and Rodgers yeah. and they play each other. and you don't get a Maybe you want to use Allen next week or Allen. And Allen's yeah. the other one. I yeah. think I have three that I can use the next three weeks. So I used a good one this week. Um, I used Henry and Taylor as my running backs thinking they both will probably lose, and I think they'll both produce pretty well. Um, I took Allen Robinson, same thought, and there could be a lot of garbage time there. I'm going to have to think who my other receiver was. Um, I took Logan Thomas. Remember we had the tight end shortage right. last last week and figured he's maybe the second or third best one in the whole playoffs. He's our number two receiver. Number two receiver. Yeah. Um, who was the defense I took? There was a couple really good defenses I liked. I'm going to try to save the Steelers. Whose defense? I liked Seattle's defense this week against the Rams. Because they might not even have Goff, too. They might not have Goff, yeah. It's funny because I put Seattle's defense in, and then I went back and changed it, and I'm trying to think. Oh, I took Tampa because they're playing They're playing Washington. Because they're playing yeah. Washington. Right? And, and, you know, I think that's the best one this week. And there's other good ones. Like, yeah. I'm saving the Steelers. I'm saving the Ravens. I'm saving some other good ones, Saints, yeah. you know, that to hopefully use down the road. But I kind of played it for tomorrow more than this week. You know, some of those guys, I didn't pick Kamara. I mean, I saved a lot of studs. You almost have to because you don't yeah. want to, you know, use all your bullets in the first round. Then you get to the sure, and, and, and you get upsets, and or, or those teams win, and you're stuck. Well, now I got to take these. You, you got to make sure you're going to have guys yeah. down the road. Yeah, and I I think there's like 50 people in this pool, and my thoughts were, I bet the top 10 will go heavy into this week. And then I don't, you know, so if I'm like at round 20 here, I'm fine. You know, yeah. I still got a lot of cards up my sleeve. So that, that's my strategy for it. I've never done one like that. So we'll see how it goes. It'll be I'm interesting. Think of that other receiver is. Yeah. Think about that one. Uh, we're going to take I a break. Oh, well, that's not bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. Our coverage here on Steelers Nation Radio throughout the playoffs brought to you by Ford and FedEx. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to take a look and see if the Brownies, uh, well, they, they didn't practice today. That's right. a, that's a bit of a problem. That's a bit of an issue. Bit of a problem. We'll I see if they. Chlorine, I'm sorry. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there uh, you we'll go. see if they uh, see if they put out an injury report. We'll talk a little more about the game. All right. right after this. 
You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. We're brought to you by uh, Ford and our friends at FedExpress, or FedEx, I should say. Yeah, yeah. That's what it means, I believe, FedExpress. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, the Browns uh, injury report out for today. Uh, offensive tackle Jack Conklin uh, with a knee injury was limited. Okay. Um, offensive tackle Kendall Lamb with an illness was a full participant. He's coming back off the COVID list, I believe. I think he Okay, he's their third guy. Yeah. Um, Defensive end Miles Garrett with a shoulder issue was a full participant today, hmm. uh, but he's dealing with something. Jarvis Landry with a hip injury, a full participant. He's been dealing with that all year. Yeah, he has. Uh, wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones with a concussion did not practice. That's not a good sign no, that's a big for one, him yeah. because you want him to at least have been back on the practice field today. Yeah. Um, he's done, I think he was a seventh-round pick, but he was a five-star recruit at Michigan, superstar combine guy. Yeah. And he has, I mean, he's some big plays. He made some, he made some plays, yeah, and he's he's, the, he's their main return guy. Yeah, right. That too. Yeah, but he's their deep threat too. I mean, Landry's not going to really do that. Yeah. So that's a that's a bit of a loss. Uh, defensive tackle Sheldon Richardson with a neck was limited. Hmm. Okay, I didn't realize there was anything wrong with him, but um, he's a quality player too. Cornerback M. J. Stewart, who had the interception, uh, it was limited with a calf injury. Okay. I mean, their cornerback situation is just they need everybody they can get right now. Absolutely. Guard Wyatt Teller with an ankle. Was limited. Okay, I mean he was dealing with that one in the last week. Yeah, yeah. Cornerback uh, Tavarier Thomas uh, was with an abdomen. He was full, and then center J.C. Treader with a knee issue was limited. So, but pretty much three of their four off, or three of their five offensive linemen have something. And one of the, the and the fourth guy is on the COVID list. <laughs> right, that too. Yeah, good point. If Antonio's not going to play, yeah. Those limited guys, I'm sure they'll play. But I mean, did they get to try? It really, out? the only their, their only starting lineman who, who practiced fully today was Worfs. Except they had to practice, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, he would have been the only one on the list. That's not. That's totally clear. Not the best thing to deal with when you know you're playing the Steelers and Cam and Tuit and Watt and all these guys healthy but, and rested up and right, 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 raring to go. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good line, but they're going to be tested. And Steelers gotten better than before. Yeah, uh, I thought it was interesting today. Uh, we talked to Cam Hayward, and he said uh, throughout the course of the game. On Sunday, he and T.J. Watt were texting each other back and forth with little ideas about different things. During the game? Oh, I During, guess, yeah, they, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Neither one of them were playing. Yeah, okay, I had like, to think about that, too, when he right, when he I'm said like, it. I'm like, yeah. Lean over and say, hey, T.J., what <laughs> are you doing? But they're both sitting in their houses watching the games, and mm-hmm. they're texting stuff. Cam said he was taking notes. Oh, I bet, right. And he and T.J. were texting back and forth. on. This would be an interesting dynamic. Yeah. You know, right, like Ben sitting there with his kids on his lap. or. That's right. I, I, I asked, actually, I asked Ben that, and we'll hear the interview in the next segment. Right, right. You know, what he did. He said he was watching the game from, from his house with his family. Sure. And – his son kept questioning him. Hey, why, Dad, why did they do this? Or why did they do that? Good. He's like, I don't know, buddy. I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's reading the safety and number three. And, yeah, right, yeah. Maybe he's a prodigy. Who knows? Yeah, that, that's an interesting dynamic. I mean, hey, TJ, you would have whipped him on that play. Or, yeah. You know, right? or, oh, man. We, Boy, gotta, we should run that Got to set that edge a little better yeah. there on that or you know, those kind of things. Boy, Heisman's coming along well. You know, yeah. It would be an interesting 
I'd love to see that that conversation via text. Yeah, so it's good. it should be interesting. Uh, of course, again with the Steelers, uh, it was uh, Chris Boswell was limited. Stephen Nelson with a knee was limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terrell Edmonds back as a full participant, and then Tyson Alou, Alou with an ankle uh, did not practice. Vince Williams with a quad did not practice. Those guys played a lot of snaps on Sunday. Right, you just take it easy on like, hey, mm-hmm. we would have loved to have rested you in this game, but yeah, right, you know. exactly. It's just impossible to do get everybody. Um, if last week was a playoff game, do you think Boz would have played? Mm, yeah, pro- I mean, he was limited last week, so there's I mean, a there's, there's a something chance. going on. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I definitely think Edmonds would have played. Okay, that was actually my next question. Yeah. Okay. So, and I think there's a little bit more faith now in Wright than there was. You know, if, if I don't love Boz, his kickoffs. No, he you know, doesn't have a huge leg. He doesn't have a big leg, but he put the ball through the – as Mike Tomlin said Tuesday, his main job is to put the ball through the through the uprights, and he did that. Right. I know <laughs> that. Yeah, I mean, it, that doesn't mean you trot him out there for the game winner. If it's fourth and one, you probably from the forward. From the, you know, a 51-yard right. field goal, you're right. not going to try it. But he did make two 46-yarders. And the kickoff thing's a big deal. Absolutely. I mean, if you don't have that in your yeah. – in your, if you don't have a driver in your bag and you need it, and, hey, we want to kick this one out of the end zone – because you can't run into do a dangerous it. Yeah. return or whatever. They're going to get the ball in their hands. Yeah. Uh, that, that to me, I mean, when, when people were asking about uh, after the game, well, they could, you know, he's, he's going to kick in the NFL next year somewhere. I'm like, not unless he gets stronger. Right. That's a hard thing. I mean, yeah. if you go 16 games without being able to have no touchbacks or very few. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> maybe yeah. in a dome you can get away with it or in a warm weather Denver, city. Right. Yeah. But you're not getting away with that in, in the Northeast. Right. Or the Midwest. Uh, in in once it, October comes and the ball's not flying quite as far. Right, a good point. And it, it's not like Cordero Patterson is unique. There's a lot of really good returners out there. But if you play the Bears and they have Cordero Patterson, I don't want him returning the ball <laughs> don't at all. Want to kick right, it. I, gotta, I don't want him getting the ball to five. Right, absolutely. <laughs> like that's it's a big detriment. with a running start. With are you kidding me? Start, right, absolutely. Like it's vomit. I mean, the, the Steelers' special teams took a little bit of a hit in those. We talked about the Football Outsiders rankings. Because, yes. because their starting field position in two of the last three games for the for the opposing team was not as good. It wasn't as good. They're getting the ball out at the, the, the 30, the 35, mm-hmm. because and that's not on the coverage unit. Not that's on the guy right. kicking the ball. Yeah, yeah, he kicks absolutely. a line drive that, you know, or kicks one, that, you know, when he does get one in high in the air, it comes down at the 10. Yeah. Or he said like a line drive and it beats your coverage down there because no human's yeah. that fast. There was, a, there was a kick on Sunday where I, I made note of it, where he kicked off and it was, it was a line drive and it was deeper. You know, his first kickoff came down around the 10. Well, he kicked one, it came down around the 2, but it was a line drive. No and I looked, and the Steelers' the Steelers coverage guys were still at the 40. Wow. That's not good. That's a problem. Yeah. Right? I mean, it shocked me when I was doing this for a living with teams, how much a stopwatch is a special team's coach's Absolutely. best friend. Absolutely. I mean, on long snaps, on punts. Yeah. How I mean, quick is it? How quick do you get rid of the ball? How long, much hang time do you get? It's almost like running a 40, like a 4-4 yeah. versus a 4-2. I mean, it's a big, big I mean, if, you're, if your hang time on your kickoffs is only like, you know, 1.8 seconds, you can't run the that fastest fast. 40, right. if you're, you know, you could have... Same bolt stock in there, right? <laughs> No. <laughs> right, right. Um, speaking of coverage, I just want to throw this out there, too. It's probably a flash in the pan, but Ray Ray's bothered me a little bit lately. A little bit, yeah, since he since the fumble against the the, yeah. the Ravens, he's not been the same guy. Right. I mean, you could kind of see why he's maybe bounced around the league a little bit. You know, I mean, and he, there's still a lot of ability there. I, I think he's been a good addition to the team, but I think it's a confidence factor once you put one on the ground. Going yeah. on there, and I, I don't really need to see him on offense anymore either. I don't need to. No, yeah. I've, I've not needed to see that for a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. So but, I don't uh, know if he's guaranteed to be back next year. Or, no, yeah. I, you can always, those guys are always, you're always looking. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, anyways, he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. We're going to uh, take a break here. When we come back, we'll hear from Ben Roethlisberger. Nice. <clears throat> Our ongoing coverage here throughout the playoffs brought to you by Ford and FedEx. confidence in AVP. I mean, he's, he is uh, so, so involved in every decision that's made offensively, uh, schematically, personnel-wise, obviously with the quarterback. So he's, uh, we won't miss a beat. I, I really believe that. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So, SNR coverage of the Steelers playoffs is presented by FedEx and Ford. That was Kevin Stefanski <laughs> talking about Alex Van Pelt. Yeah. And uh, he's he's got very much confidence in Alex Van. Well, I, I'm sure that he does. I would yeah. think you know Alex. Uh, just having met him a few times, he always seemed a very yeah. competent yeah. young man because he's younger than us. Right. Uh, in whatever form of whether it was broadcasting or whether it was coaching, he was always uh, a guy that seemed to be on top of his A right. game. So I would expect nothing less coming forward from the Van Pelt. Yeah, and uh, I think that um, you know, as we move along here, we got the scouting report tomorrow. We'll be yeah. doing all that. Uh, I'm looking forward to the game Sunday night. I got to tell you, I'm excited. There's nothing right now. There's nothing going on as far as I've heard with any more COVID outbreaks, because the last thing you want is any sort of delay. And I'm, yeah. you know, and so you just kind of want to go. Suck in a little air. Let's get by today, get by tomorrow, and, uh, you know, hopefully Saturday, and then they get over here Sunday and they can have at it. You know, uh, when Alex Van Pelt is calling the plays, I'm not so sure that Baker Mayfield won't be confident in in him. It'll be interesting to see, you know. Um, If you look over the last number of games, uh, and I got to go back and – Reread some more, but um, they've they were running, they were throwing the ball early, yeah, uh, a lot more than they were passing. It's kind of like you remember Ben back in the day, you yeah. know, passing to set up the run, yeah, that sort of thing. You know what I mean? You know, Bill Cower in that era. Uh, I I just wonder they've got a running game now. Will Will Van Pelt continue in like fashion? That's yeah. interesting to me. So I don't know, but uh, I do know this: we have some phone calls. Yeah. Big John in Texas. Big John, welcome to the locker room, brother. How you doing? Big John in Texas. Hello, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Hey, good. Happy New Year. How y'all doing? Good. We're doing fine. Happy New Year to you as well. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, now I'm just here getting ready for Sunday night prime time. 
playing the Brownies, um, <laughs> just kind of looking at the season and everybody was saying, you know, when we're Steelers were moving and running at 11 and 0, we're not playing anybody. They're under the radar. And then we lose a couple games and, oh, we're on the radar. Everybody's map on everybody's radar. Oh, what's going on with the Steelers? And then I look back at the schedule. Six teams we played are in the playoffs. So we're ready to go. I'm ready. We've got my terrible towel ready. Um, just being optimistic, being grateful that I woke up this morning and I'm able to talk to two awesome uh, Steelers. Uh, fans and um, part of the uh, foundation of what Pittsburgh Steelers football is all about. So, hey, I think we're doing good. Pray for Ben and the offense to get clicking. And yesterday when I was listening to Maddox, Tommy Maddox saying about our running game, it's the short pass. I think I agree with it. So, hey, it's uh, it's where we're at right now, and it's what's going to get us in. I just, you know, kind of look back and say, just where would, you know, would we be right there with the, if we had a full, healthy team with Bud and uh, and Bush, you know, that's the kind of thing I'm kind of thinking about. But, hey, we're in the playoffs. We're in the tournament. Let's go win it. Let's right. go bring number seven home. All right, Big John. Thank you for your kind words. But let me ask you this. The most important thing. Yeah. What's on the deck for yeah. snackeration during the game? Huh? Man, I don't know. I'm thinking <laughs> some. Uh, I'm, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but. I'm ready to test some buffalo wings. Oh, there <laughs> wow. you go. Some buffalo wings and some pizza. Some pizza. I oh, really you can't go pizza. wrong. Cheeseburger pizza. <laughs> That's a one-two punch that makes for any game. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're ready for Sunday night. And like I said, uh, I know it's kind of limited, but I don't know. Are there going to be fans there? At, at uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if, you know, things have changed over there and, you know, what's, what protocols are happening there at the stadium, if, if they're going to, you know, allow some fans like they did earlier in the season or, you know, what's going on. But, hey, uh, I don't, all, I, all I know is uh, we still got this uh, pandemic going through, but yeah. as long as we got some Pittsburgh Steelers uh, football, uh, you know, we you know, it'll pass the time and, God willing, we go get back to some normalcy, but, Thanks again. God bless y'all. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Big John. Hey, Appreciate you. Hey, Here, Big, here we go. Hey, Big John, uh, the, the mm-hmm. short passing game is an extension of the running game. And uh, that that's what it was uh, this entire season. Uh, and mm-hmm. so uh, one of the things that, that they run is draws uh, to complement their passing game. And uh, I, I think that that's going to be effective. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you. All, All right. right. Thank you, Big John. Appreciate well, you, brother. Yes, sir. God, be safe. God bless you, Big Big John. Uh, Dano in Florida. Dano, welcome to the locker room. Gentlemen, how are you? How you doing, brother? Hi, how you doing, Dano? I'm, I'm doing good. Hey, I apologize for the phone call. I know I said I wasn't going to call until uh, the game was over, but uh, listening to this morning's um, segment, uh, I would just like to say, um, thinking about Bill Murray and Stripes, that I would like to offer my services as offensive line coach for the Cleveland Browns <laughs> this Sunday. Because, you know, Coach Callahan is not always going to be that big toe. That's yeah. right. Be there. So, Excellent. But, uh, Excellent. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure my first team meeting, I'll walk in and tell them 
guys, we can do this. But I don't think I, I, we're, we're going to win. We're going to win. I just, I mean, it's unfortunate that, that the COVID and the contact tracing has affected the team. To be honest with you, I'm surprised. I'm actually very shocked that we got a chance to finish the season with everything. Right. Yeah. But we are in the playoffs. Uh, I look for a victory on Sunday, uh, especially if I'm going to be their offensive line coach. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you guys take care. I'm going to let you go. God bless. Love you both. Talk well, thank you, brother. Appreciate you so you. much. Yes, yeah, indeed. You know, so uh, here we are on Thursday. And, uh, again, yesterday my the key phrase of the day for me was always about it's just Wednesday. Wednesday. So – Thus far, it doesn't appear that there's been any new outbreaks there because they were they shut down the building in Berea and they were looking to find out is the source from outside right. the facility or inside. So hopefully they get that all um, factored out and they're able to put together uh, a walkthrough or two or not. Yeah, <laughs> but they they can get on the bus and get on over here and that Sunday night. Uh, we can have ourselves a nice playoff game. So do you think uh, uh, the Cleveland Browns are practicing? Well, I would think that at some point uh, you're going to have a walkthrough. Right. But they're not practicing. Yeah, yeah. The building's shut down. Their COVID meeting. Yeah. Or Zoom, I'm sorry, Zoom meeting with the COVID protocols. Um, so I don't know, you know, what or if, uh, when it's allowed that they can get together for a walkthrough. Right. But certainly they're going to have a walkthrough at some point. So Think yeah, about that. Think about how much we would have been walking through stuff instead of wearing pads, having two-and-a-half-hour highly ballistic and, and body-crunching practices. Right. And it, I don't know. I mean, it's like it would be wonderful. The body can't be that beat up. Yeah. I, I, I feel for Dave DeCastro, absolutely. It's a long season, and this year – it's been a season of ups and downs because of the right. things. But you can't feel that bad because you're not in pads hardly at all. Yeah. You know, but once a week. So that's not bad. Well, yeah, the, the COVID thing was uh uh COVID thing that uh put practice and uh in a uh uh in a careful level. Well, Everything becomes walkthrough, right? You know, now the fact the, the fact of the matter is everybody's body can heal during the week. Because yeah. if all you're doing is having a hat day, you know, you're going out there with a ball cap or right. a, a stocking cap, and you walk through the plays, and you do that in lieu of any sort of you know conditioning and hitting and anything like that. Um, on one hand, it would probably make me as as crazy as as, as anything because. Once you're in that mindset of I need to keep sharpening the sword, right? Um, anything less is it, it makes you unnerved. Yeah, you know. And so I, I would think for the guys, it's um, that's it's a double-edged sword. <laughs> come yeah. to think of it, because the not being able to practice and practice your techniques and keep on top of your game like right. that, that'd make you a little nutty. Yeah, I think that would be a hard thing to do. So as we look forward to Sunday night. Job one is going to be, uh, I think, in my mind, again, stop. stop Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. That's going to be big. But, you know, uh, Jerry Dulek also pointed out that it's um, for the offense. It's going to be so important for the Steelers' offense to be able to go long ball. Right. To create some sort of backup on those safeties, those cornerbacks, and be able to uh, create the possibility of getting some, you know, some play action. Yeah. Play action, to me, it's it's huge. 
You know, I mean, it's it's got. I would think it's got to be so hard when you run good play action, and the Browns do it. You know, I mean, those bootlegs and and just the play action when he drops back into the pocket. You know, it, and he drops back far. Yes, and uh, I. But I I look 12 at that to fifteen yards. Well, he didn't go 12, 15. Yeah, it, it, On the bootlegs, he yeah, will go yeah. deep, but that's when he's rolling out the side. He's not going to go straight back 12 or 15 yeah. yards. He'd vapor lock before the game. Right. <laughs> um, the, the, uh, uh, but the, the play action that can get those intermediate routes, those 10 to 20 yarders, that's what I think is uh, would just be so um, great for Ben to be able to hit after you hit some long balls. Right. Because in my mind, you hit those long balls, those things – That'd be great. Yeah. That'd just be great. Chase Claypool, give me some. Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, right. Juju. Yes. James Washington. There you go. Yeah. Long ball. Yeah. Let's go downtown. And uh Vance McDonald. Vance McDonald too. I yeah. I, tr- I wonder if uh, Ebron's going to be uh, eligible to come off. He might be eligible to come off. Right. But I sure was happy to see him catch a couple balls, uh, yeah. you know, uh last week, so. All right. All right, it's time to go, Chalooch. Yeah, we're gonna uh, tomorrow. We're gonna do a scouting report. We will, and indeed, and SNR coverage of the Steelers playoffs. 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 Is presented by FedEx Ford and Ford. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Thank you for joining us in the locker room. We're heading on out. We'll see you tomorrow for the scouting report. Yeah.